You are listening to the Rooted Ministry Podcast, a conversation advancing gospel-centered ministry to youth. For more information about Rooted, visit our website at www.rootedministry.com. This particular episode of the Rooted Podcast is from our new ongoing series called Ask Alice. Good morning, everybody. It's finally hump day. Who is excited like I am that we made it to Wednesday? I feel like the the first half of the week just drags on at my house, but then the end of the week we are desperately trying to play catch up. So I am thrilled to be with you for the next few minutes of this wonderful Wednesday to join me for Ask Alice. I'm Alice Chernock, a licensed professional counselor, and I've been in private practice for over 15 years, specializing in work with adolescents and children. I really enjoy getting to work with parents and youth ministers and understanding children a little bit more clearly, because to me, the more we can understand, the more we can help and relate to. So here at The Rooted Ministry, we want to provide gospel-centered resources and information for parents and youth ministers. We receive questions daily on a variety of topics, and so we are going to take some of those questions see what we can do, and let's talk. Now, today I'm going to do it a little bit differently. In the past, we have let people email in their questions, and we'll take a few minutes and answer those and break them down a little bit. Today, I'm going to kind of shoot from what's going on in my world, all right? Now, I have two young boys, and it's so funny. I feel like the Lord has such a sense of humor because I really specialize in working with adolescent girls, and I only have sisters. And so when the Lord gave me two boys, he really knew how to keep me on my knees (laughs) and help me realize that I knew nothing of what I thought that I know. Isn't that a humbling experience? But with my two boys, we are very inundated right now in baseball, 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 all right? It's spring, it's in the South, and that's just kind of what we do. And I was talking to some other parents on my son's baseball team, and we were talking about the things that our kids are doing and how important certain sports or other activities are for some kids, but not for others. So I thought it might be helpful today for us to take a few minutes and break down what's going on with our kids. What do they need? What can we do to help provide those needs? And who are they? Um, In in one of the, the talks that I give to different schools and groups, I title it that if men are from Mars and women are from Venus, my kid came straight from Jupiter. Because I think that that sums up how a lot of parents feel about their kids. Who are you? I have no idea what to expect, all right? So I encourage parents and youth ministers that in order to help our kids, first, we really have to understand them. And what that means is constantly doing a dance. So sometimes we are doing this really fast dance with our kids. We have got this salsa going on and we need to push them academically and we are spinning to help them um, get assignments completed and stay on task. But then other times we can do sort of a slower dance. 
with our children. We can allow them to back off, take a break, do what they need to do to collect themselves. I appreciate it. I remember when I was growing up, I struggled as a teenager knowing that difference between when to push myself and when to back off. Um, I was really more of, a, of an all or nothing kind of child. So I would either stay up all night and make myself miserable and sick the next morning, or I would be like, ah, eh, forget it. I'm not doing anything. And I would get absolutely nothing done. So I needed my parents to help me with this dance. And I remember one time in high school, I was struggling to get some homework done. I was having a complete and total meltdown. And I remember my parents looking at me and saying, Alice, I don't know what homework you have left, but go to bed. And that was the best thing they could possibly do for me. I needed somebody to intervene, to step in, and to help me say, I can see what you're doing, you're derailing, you need some sleep. It's important that we can know our children both mentally and emotionally. And so I want to take a minute and talk about the difference between an adult brain and an adolescent brain. All right. Now, originally, we thought that the human brain was fully formed around puberty, which is around 13 years old. All right. Which in some ways makes sense. You know, I don't know about where you live, but in the state of Alabama, where I am, an adolescent can go to counseling without parental consent at the age of 14. They can vote and join the army at 18. They can smoke at 19 or drink at 21. But what we know is that the human brain is actually not fully formed, are you ready for this, until the age of 25. 25 years old, which y'all, it's so funny that it was actually the car rental companies that got it right all along. They're the only ones who required a 25-year-old age limit. Irony! <laughs> so we know we are dealing with kids who don't have a fully formed brain till most of them are hopefully out of college, all right? Now, we also know that the brain is formed from the back to the front. And y'all, I am not a science person, so if you are, forgive me if I am dumbing this down too much, but that front part of the brain is called the prefrontal cortex, and it's involved in all of the executive functions. That's decision-making, organizing, prioritizing, impulse control, understanding consequences, and that part of the brain is the very last part to get developed, all right? Am I clicking on any of the conflicts that you and your children or that you hear about having? There are a lot of different issues that are going on because that part of our, our child's brain is truly not fully formed yet, all right? Now, I tell parents not that that needs to be a crutch, but only to help us understand the need to know our children and help them really develop these decision-making skills. 
there's a really interesting psychologist, and his name was Eric Erickson. And he broke down the different stages of development for human beings. And so for the, the sake of our time today, I want to focus in a little bit on the development of kids from ages 6 to 18, all right? So when we think about 6 to 11-year-olds, they are in what Erickson would call industry versus inferiority, all right? And what that means is a child from the ages of 6 to 11 is trying to find their industry. Their industry is that thing that they are good at. What can I do? Their self-worth at this age is typically met through their accomplishments or their, their interaction with others. And what Erickson was saying that when a child isn't able to find their industry, they tend to develop a sense of inferiority to their peers, whether it's academically or socially. It's interesting because you notice competition. Again, I'm, I'm coming back to the baseball analogies. But when we notice on the baseball field, it's interesting with my youngest son who plays, most of the kids on his team don't care at all. They are truly there for the snack at the end of the game. All right, these are the kids who are picking flowers out in the outfield, not paying attention whatsoever, all right? Because they're just now starting to develop that sense of industry. But with my oldest son, now they start caring about what the score is and who won this game and how many double plays they can make and who got a home run. So that sense of competition we start to see develop because certain kids are finding their industry in different ways, all right? Now, we also see this a lot in um, adolescent girls with the mean girl mentality. I do a whole series on relational aggression. We'll cover that another day. But we also see a lot of popularity groups forming around this age group because we see that kids are finding their industry in relationships. I was one of those. I wasn't particularly great at school, but I was really good at people. I could make friends very easily. Um, I could talk to people very easily. And so I learned that my industry could be surrounding people. Now, for your child, it might be babysitting is the thing that they're really good at, or art is the thing they're really good at. But as parents and as youth workers, our job, our goal for this 6 to 11-year-old time period is to help our kids develop that sense of industry. They've got to find something that they can feel, hey, I'm really good at this. I'm proud of myself for doing. And now moving on to sort of an older age group, when we have kids who are between 12 and 18 years old, Erickson called this stage of development as identity versus role confusion, all right? And so when we have teenage clients or students or children, this is a time for them to develop that sense of self. What is my personal identity going to be? This is when we start to see kids who test the boundaries with their religious beliefs 
or even the foods that they're going to eat. We see a lot of kids who decide that they're going to become vegetarian as, as an adolescent. Um, so they're trying to find their different identity. This is why we see teenagers who are listening to really bad music <laughs> or who dye their hair crazy colors. When I was in high school, I went through a phase where I wanted to be a biker chick, which if you know me at all, I am pure J. Crew. And the farthest thing that you can imagine from this biker chick. Um, but I had these black boots and a black leather jacket, and I just thought that I was the coolest stuff. And I remember my parents being like, okay, you can do that. But I worked through that phase, and I needed to go through that because I was trying to find my different identity. Who am I going to be? What am I going to believe in? How am I going to act? What is going to be my natural state? All right. And so for adolescents who are struggling with that sense of identity, Erickson said the opposite is they come into a role confusion. Here's the cool thing about this. As we said, for the preteen age, the industry versus inferiority, that has to be accomplished first before a child is able to set their identity, all right? And so if you have a teenager who has really struggled to find their sense of self and that, that thing that they're good at as a child, as a younger child, they're going to continue to struggle with that sense of identity on into their teenage and even into college years. So that's why it's so important that we really encourage our kids to try some different things um, I, I know parents who get frustrated with um, children trying violin lessons and then they don't want to do that the next week. Instead, they want to go to do dance lessons or next week they want to be in art lessons. And I know that that's frustrating and I'm all about maintaining a commitment if you make a commitment. But I also want to encourage us as parents that that's actually really normal and very healthy for us to let our child try a whole bunch of industries because that's going to help them lead to a healthier identity. And we know that when they're experiencing that role confusion, they aren't able to feel grounded as a person. And so we see these people who tend to flounder over the years. Um, I, I, I think we all know people who have struggled in careers and they jump from job to job to job. Well, there could be a million reasons for that, but one of them could very likely be that they're still trying to find either their industry or develop that sense of identity. All right, so here's the cool part. Now that we understand overall basic development of the things that our kids are going through, that they, their brains are not fully formed, and so they absolutely need help organizing themselves and providing structure, but then they're also socially trying to figure out who the heck they are and really embracing the identity that they have been developed, all right? And as parents, our understanding of three basic needs for every child is huge. All right, here we go. 
three basic needs that every child needs are security, acceptance, and significance. Security, acceptance, and significance. Now, when we talk about security, what we're talking about is that acceptance and unconditional love, that even when they're having a bad day, you still love me, you're not going anywhere, they have that sense of security that they can trust the boundaries that we set up in our home or even in our youth group that we're not going to deviate from those rules. A lot of anxiety that comes with kids comes when we as parents are constantly changing the rules or we'll say, um, you know, you're going to be grounded for da-da-da-da-da and then we don't follow through. That's actually very anxiety provoking for a child. And so they need to have that sense of security that I can trust you that what you say is what's gonna happen. And no matter what, you're gonna love me and you're gonna be there for me, all right? So that's security. The second one is acceptance, all right? And when we talk about acceptance, that's that need to be noticed, all right? It's focused attention from the other person. It's not being distracted on your cell phone, not watching football. It's, I can see you. I see what's going on. If you're having a bad day, I'm going to put words to that for you. And I'm going to help you understand that you are important enough that I value you. You are somebody special. All right. So it's that need to be noticed, but it's also that need for encouragement you know, when we, when we talk about acceptance for our children, it's really cultivating and, and nurturing their dreams for the future, that they have good ideas. One of my favorite things to do with a kid when they're in my office and they're talking about a conflict or a struggle that they have, one of the most effective things for me to do is to look back at them and say a simple line, Here it is. What do you want to do about it? What do you want to do about it? I think as parents, it's so easy for us to jump in and try to fix and solve problems. But our kids don't need that from us. Part of us encouraging them and accepting them is saying, hey, I believe you that you can figure this out. You're a smart enough kid that I'm going to back you up and I'm going to support you as we can brainstorm different ideas. So it's encouraging them that you're going to support them. You are always going to get their back, no matter what. That's acceptance, right? And the last one is significance, all right? So when we talk about significance, it's that sense of empathy, of when I'm having a bad day, you're going to be there for me. And even when I'm a total jerk to you, you're still going to be there for me. That is that sense of significance. I care about you. I care about your thoughts. I care about your feelings because you are important in my world. All right. Now, empathy is very different. It's not pitying them because they're not helpless human beings. And I think it's, it's conveying that importance to a child that you have such significance that you have a special plan in your life, 
how you are built and what you're created for. And so when we tie all of these different pieces together of brain development and who they are and the needs they're trying to come up with, their industry, their identity, and we tie that into what is providing for our child security, acceptance, and significance. Because it is wonderful and inappropriate for our kids to find things that they are good at. But as believers, we have to remember that there are going to be days when those things disappoint. When we get struck out of a baseball game or we completely botch our piano recital. Our security, acceptance, and significance cannot be found in anything but our Lord Jesus Christ. Because all of these things are good, but they aren't going to satisfy. They will never, ever make us whole and make us complete. So it's helping our kids see, hey, I am going to do my best to provide you with security, acceptance, and significance, but ultimately, I'm going to point you back to Christ because only He can truly, fully provide you with that security, acceptance, and significance. It will never change. It will never deviate. It is never dependent on our actions. It is set. Our security is set. Our acceptance is set. And our significance is set because of what Christ has done for us. Y'all, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed being with you, and I hope that you'll come back and see us again soon for Ask Alice. Thanks for listening to The Rooted Podcast, where we hope to communicate the truths of the gospel and apply those truths to youth ministry. We would love for you to check out our website, where we publish articles daily, geared towards both youth ministers and parents. You will also find resources and more information about our conferences, regional events, and more at www.rootedministry.com. This podcast is made available to you by the Rooted Ministry for educational purposes only, not to provide specific therapeutic advice. The views expressed are the personal perspectives of the author and do not represent the views of all counselors or the profession. This podcast does not create a counselor-client relationship and should not be used as a substitute for competent therapeutic counsel from a licensed professional in your state.